Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Oh, man, we're going to be talking a lot of shit about Leicester. Uh, finally got our FA Cup revenge. Here to join me, as always, to talk about it uh, are Sam and Andres. So, Andres, I'm going to start with you today, because I know Sam has a certain song on standby. Um, how you <laughs> doing? How's your weekend? Surprise, bro. Spoiler alert, Sam hasn't been doing this for the past five episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm doing great, man. It was a fantastic performance. Got to go to a small town Christmas parade this weekend uh, with the nephews. So it was a good weekend. Uncle Andres in action. Uncle Andy. What about Uncle Sam? I didn't hang out with my nephews, but... I know some nephews at Leicester who were probably really, really upset about this past weekend. <laughs> what a segue. Uh, but, um, yeah, three points, three goals, and yet another week of being top of the table, 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 top of the table. Hold up. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's, uh. Top of the table, top of the table, top of the table. Uh. Hey, I started writing down some bars. <laughs> Should I give you 12 right now as a, as a sample? Well, no. wow. No. It's, yeah. It's some... I'm not going 16 yet. Ooh. I got to ease my way into it. I'm saving it. I'm saving it for when we win, win the league. I, I got a full verse coming in. I'm spitballing here, like ideas. I'm just riffing and stuff, and it's gonna go. We'll, we'll have to make that shit go viral. Yeah, we'll make a music video too. Andreas <laughs> will be one of the backup dancers. For sure. <laughs> now let's I'll get into my this nicest crop top. Yeah. Oh, please do. Um, all right, let's get into this win. Um, so Chelsea three, Leicester nil. Running through the starting lineup, Mendy in goal, Thiago Silva, Rudy, and Trevor Chalaba in the back line. Uh, our wing backs were were Chile and Reese James. Um, then uh, how did we line up? Oh yeah, a, a double yeah a double pivot of Jorgolo, front three of Mason Mount, Cho, and Kai Havertz. Um, really, it was just. A team masterclass from beginning till end. Um, very, very few moments where we looked vulnerable and uh, where we didn't look dominant. 62% possession, which has just been a recurring theme for match after match. Seven shots on target, 16 total. Another clean sheet. Scored three goals. Could have had more. Could have had a lot more. Uh, Zach, you, would you consider this so far the performance of the season, given you know the the talent we played against? I think uh, this will probably rival um, the Liverpool match after we went down to ten men. I thought we played really well in that match too, but just considering you know the circumstances post international break, four thirty a.m. kickoff for us uh, on the West Coast here in the U.S. Historically, we've been terrible at four thirty kickoffs. Um, and we've also been terrible against Leicester in recent memory. So uh, I consider this a big win. I think it's our biggest of the season um, just because of the way we did it. It was dominant. We never looked like we were in doubt. Um, and, and I think the pressing in this game was just second to none. I don't think we've seen our team press like this in a very long time. So um, it was just a complete, well-rounded performance. And uh, there's not much to complain about. Yeah, FA Cup revenge game. Right, Andres? Yeah. Oh man, long overdue. I mean, full full ninety minutes. I I have zero zero complaints today. And uh, a former Leicester City player, Golo Conte, he showed out and played out. He absolutely balled out. Eighty five percent pass accuracy, eight ball recoveries, four duels won, three shots on target. Plus an absolute screamer with the left. The it, it's it's a patented, awkward, Angolo Conte banger, <laughs> where he is he's due for one at least once a year, and 
It's one of those goals that come out of nowhere. You have no idea it's about to come. It looks like he's like falling over. And I mean, you can you know that nobody thought that was coming by Casper Schmeichel's reaction to the shot. Like by the time it was already past him, his both of his feet were still planted in the ground. Uh, we got a Twitter question from uh, Russell Saunders. He said, "Did you guys need a retake for the Conte goal?" I thought it was side netting, so my celebration was subdued. I mean, I knew I knew that went in. It, it, it took me a while to realize that it, it 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 left his foot, but once I saw it hit the back of the net, I knew <laughs> I knew that was it. We were due. It's, it's Dude, been too I, long. I legitimately had to retake because I was like, "Oh, that's a good shot." I was like, "Wait, did he did he score?" Because Conte never celebrates, <laughs> so so he scores. And it was such a well-placed shot that I was like, no way that went in because, sorry, but Conte's not known for doing that. Like you just said, Sam, it's usually an awkward thing that he does. But that was perfectly placed. Could have, like, almost nicked the post on its way in. Side netting with his left foot. And then, like you said, goalkeeper doesn't move. And I think even our players were late to react. So, yeah, it took me a second or two to finally get to celebrating. I had to do a retake too. I, I didn't celebrate immediately until I saw everybody hugging Conte. He's so cute when he celebrates. He scores and then turns around and he doesn't know what to do, genuinely. Like, I feel like he's so happy that he doesn't know how to express it. He just kind of stands there and smiles and waits and for says, someone to come you. up to him and give him fuck a you. hug. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, he, 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 was, he was ridiculous in this game. I, I, I had, I actually thought that that shot went wide um, at first, but once I saw the net ripple and everybody celebrating, I, I kind of jumped in. So yeah, I guess it was delayed, but overall, I mean, this is why we always say if you're open at the top of the box, you have to shoot, um, especially at the top level. Conte is not a guy that scores goals, but Sam, you mentioned it. He is due for, you know, his occasional goal or occasional banger a season. So this is just another one that you could, I guess, <laughs> yeah, that you can just you can add go to the back list. to the Liverpool goal. The the Tottenham triple nutmeg the Manugo yep triple nutmeg that's one of my favorites hey he actually yeah. I read something that said that he thinks his Man United goal was his favorite because he uh he cut back to his left and uh -huh. tucked it or or he, or he cut to his left or his right I forget but he cut to one of those feet and put it in he was just talking about how you know it took a little bit of skill to score that goal prior to the shot so hey he's on pace uh he's on pace to tie his league high four goals. So, mm. he's got two so far. Yeah, that's actually out. a lot at this point for him. And beyond beyond the goal, Zach, what about his performance as a whole this past week? He's so fucking important <laughs> to what we need to do as a team. Uh, I think when him and Mason Mountain are on the pitch together and, you know, we're really ticking. I think the fullbacks included because their pressing is also very important. Um I just think we're we're almost unbeatable. We look like the best team in Europe for long stretches in that game, and a big reason was because of N'Golo Conte. And I think we're starting to see his game adapt. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit last season, but more so this season, he's starting to take people on. He's more comfortable driving the ball forward and kind of starting the attack himself instead of relying on Jorginho to be that guy. Um, so it's just kind of made us that much more dynamic in the attack, and and that's something I've noticed in his game. That's just kind of exploded recently. Andres, maybe you could kind of touch on that too. Uh, I was going to just add the fact that he's even willing to make runs forward. There was a chance almost immediately after he scored where he made a piercing run through the middle, tried to try to shoot uh, around Schmeichel, but he made an actually pretty decent save. So Conte was breaking the lines, which is something we rarely get to see from him. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's comfort with the system. I don't know if it's instructional, but whatever it is, I mean, it was a it was a great ninety minutes. Maybe it's just a healthy rested Conte. Who knows? The thing I love most about this this club and this current team is that it's so hard for me to pick who my favorite player is, because like it's 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 games like like on like Saturdays that make me like lean more towards N'Golo Conte. Like he is my favorite player because of everything that he does. You know, on all, all at, on all parts of the pitch. You know, the final third, midfield, even coming back on defense. 
It's 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 so amazing. But then you look to our defense, Rudiger with a goal. Both of our wing backs, Reese James and Chilwell, like those two guys. I mean, all, all of them played fucking phenomenally, and they've been playing, you know, on top of their game this whole season. And it's so it's 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 a great problem to have as a fan, you know, just like not being able to pick your favorite player. I mean, Hakeem Ziyech is also up there. No, no, I'm just kidding about that one. But um, let's, you know, I, I mentioned our defense. Let's talk about them. Uh, Chelsea defenders have scored 13 Premier League goals this season. The rest of the league combined have 12 goals from defenders. <laughs> 12 versus our 13. We are a machine. It really doesn't make sense, but I love it. Rudiger, he, he was the first one on that uh, on goal. Um, he's actually scored four of his seven Premier League goals against Leicester, which is yeah. seems like a coincidence, but maybe he just fucking hates Leicester um, <laughs> for no reason. Leicester's a very like a team that I that I don't I feel like few people hate, um, but yeah, he was he was a rock at the back with with Thiago and and Chalaba beside him as well. Uh, and after that goal, an odd celebration, biting biting Reese James's head. Yeah, that was weird. It it was just weird. Um, I get it, man. Sometimes you just get so fired up you don't know what to do with yourself. Rudiger's one of those guys. You just gotta I've bite the homie's thought, head. You I've just gotta bite the homie's that. head. He and Reese wasn't even the player that assisted him. Like if he bit Chilwell's head, I'd be like, okay, maybe that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, but the Reese's head just looks way more scrumptious, bro. It's more just, meat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it looks way more scrumptious. Um, we got a we got a Twitter question about that bite from uh, our good friend Leonard Cohen. <clears throat> Let me uh, clear my voice for uh, my Leonard Cohen voice. Um, Dear Pod. Antonio Rudiger's goal celebration and Chelsea's 3-0 win against Leicester City included a playful biting of Reese James's head. What does this say about Chelsea's team spirit this early in the season and Rudiger himself given his contract situation? Um, th- it's nothing new. We're not learning anything new by this. This is something that all Chelsea fans know very well the importance of Antonio Rudiger's presence in that locker room. Like, he's just friends with everyone. And everyone loves him. The, the fans love him. The players love him. Uh, and he can get away with stuff like that. Like, not every player can get away with, with pulling, that, pulling that move. But Rudiger, he's got enough goodwill in that locker room where he can pull stuff like that. Yeah, I... I mean, I don't, I don't, I still don't get the celebration, but nobody complained about it. Therefore, like, there was obviously no ill will. Um, I don't think it says anything about his contract situation. I think we all know the story. Rudiger would like to stay, but he wants the money he believes he deserves. Um, props to him for still being a complete pro and not letting that situation affect him, especially in the middle of a title run. Um, Which is what I he's... think Leonard was, was trying to get at, just like, you know, that that lingering issue, but not letting it affect him. Yeah, I mean, he's had... he His level has not gone down since Tuchel arrived. Like, not once. We're getting closer and closer to him being able to freely speak to other clubs, and he's still not, you know, getting his head turned away from the big team goal, which is winning the league and as many trophies as possible in this club. So, I mean, again, we all know he wants to stay for the right price. Um, With that said, I don't think he's going to stay. And I think that's just on the club. I don't think Rudiger is pricing himself too far out if he's only asking for 200 K, but Hey, sometimes things like this happen in football. This is the last big contract he's going to, earn at this point in his career and so you know you can't hate the guy for wanting to secure the bag yeah we kind of talked about that i'm in agreement with you andres i think you know 
it's not looking likely that he's going to stay. If he was, I feel like that contract would have been signed already, or at least we would be hearing more encouraging things uh, from Tuchel or, you know, other, other members in and around the club, sort of like the way he's talking about the Christensen situation, which we'll get, you know, into a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, props to Rudy, you know, he, he's never really been deterred mentally. Um, you know, the product on the pitch, the goals always remain the same. And, Andres, like you said, he, he hasn't gotten worse. In fact, he's only gotten better, and he continues to get better. Um, again, that, that header, um, that kind of opened the scoring for us. The timing of it was crucial, but also, you know, the quality behind it to kind of stick it in the corner there. It wasn't lucky. He didn't just kind of pound it into the floor and hope Schmeichel dove the other way. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's really growing in stature game by game. And, you know, we talk about the importance of Conte and having, you know, his presence in the midfield and – you know, for our pressing game, I think Rudiger is equally as important, um, you know, from a physicality standpoint, but also from that spirit me- standpoint that Leonard's mentioning. So it'll be disappointing if he walks. You, you can't blame him, though. I mean, that's the thing. You, yeah. When you've been the best center back in Europe for the better part of the last six to eight months, you deserve the payday. I mean, it's just that simple. I, I think any anybody and everybody would agree. So I would be surprised though, you know, in the situation that Rudiger leaves, I'd be shocked if Chelsea fans ever, you know, had any ill will or discontent for him. There, there are going to be those who, who, who are going to hate on him, but I'm talking about the majority of Chelsea fans. I, I think for the most part, we will handle it, um, you know, in a mature way, hopefully. I mean, I'll, I'll just put it this way. We'll put, put it in numbers. You're a 28-year-old who plays week in and week out, and a 20-year-old fourth-string fourth string winger makes more than you. Come on. Of course he wants his money. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be offended too. And I don't know if we talked about this on the pod or off air, but I'm more so just telling myself it's not going to happen so that – if he doesn't stay, then I won't be as disappointed. And if he yeah. does, it'll be a pleasant surprise, and I'll be ecstatic. It'll uh, be like a new signing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. No, I'm uh, on that same boat. Yeah. Um, now on to our 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 wing backs, Reese James and Ben Chilwell, are on an insane form right now, just playing absolutely out of their mind. Uh, Reese James. Involved, he's been involved in four goals in his last four Premier League matches, with a goal against Norwich, two goals against Newcastle, and, a, and an assist against Burnley and Leicester. Uh, he, he's just been so instrumental in our offense and in our defense. In our defense, it's 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 been such a joy ever since ever since uh. Uh, Tuchel's been starting to play more of like an inverted wing back type of formation. These two have been probably our two best players, to be completely honest, on the offensive end. <laughs> um, I mean, Ben Chilwell could have had two goals this past week. Uh, there was a really nice run at the end that Cho had, and um, you know, if, if you t- if you look at it, um, then he laid it off. He passed it backwards to Ben Chilwell, who had a nice shot. But if you rewatch it, the highlight, Cho wasn't looking at him. He he just knew that he would be there because of that that's the way that we've been playing. And he made that run. He got into the box, and then immediately looked back and passed it back to Chilwell, knowing he was going to be there because that's his role now. He, he he's 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 getting in position to take shots outside the box. And uh, but back to Reese, or no, we can just talk about them both collectively. Um, ben Chilwell with another assist um, to add to his almost goals, but uh, ever since he's taken over for Marcus Alonso in six Premier League matches, he has three goals plus that assist. It's I it's Wild. I think it's safe to say we have the best fullbacks, or if you want to call them wingbacks, which is what they are pairing in England right now Uh, absolutely there is nothing that comes close to it I I, I really struggle to find anyone I mean maybe if you want to say Kyle Walker and uh, Cancelo that that's fair Mm -hmm. but 
I've seen I, the I Trent would, and, I would and Robertson argument too. Not not this season, I don't think. I, I, I think I think the key here in, in distinguishing like how do you define the best would be two way players, right? It, it's sort of like that term that we use when we talk about NBA players, guys that could play defense and offense. Reese James and Ben Chilwell do both at a extremely high clip. Um so just as dangerous as they are going forward, we talked about their goal output. You know, coming back on defense, they're they're as solid as it gets. They they really don't have any glaring weaknesses. I mean, if you're if you're an opposing a manager and you know your best players lined up on either side of the pitch against Reese James or Ben Chilwell, how do you necessarily attack them? How do you necessarily expose them? Um, even if you do beat those guys, their mistakes are mopped up by our back three, and the mistakes are easily forgotten. You know, it's it's one of those things where you can kind of credit their success to the success of the team, but at the same time, I feel like you could sort of plug and play them into any of you know the top sides in Europe, and and they would be an improvement on on their current situation. It's it's pretty insane how how well they're playing at the moment. I can't remember the last time we our, our defense in general has been this productive in a season for us. Uh, it's wild. And, and Tom, you're asking about like Cancelo and, and Walker potentially being good, but Cancelo is the only one producing. So in all competitions, Reese has four goals and five assists. Um, Chilwell, you mentioned three goals and an assist in just the Premier League. Cancelo has two goals and six assists. And I'm pretty sure Kyle Walker's got blanks on both. I mean, if, if you want to argue maybe Liverpool, it's just Trent that's producing this season. He's got a goal and nine assists. So, nine or eight assists. assists. Oh, eight shit. assists. Sorry. That's still pretty uh, good. That's crazy. But, again, that's only one guy. And it's easy for a team to, to plan around one attacking fullback. Maybe, yeah. And like, like Zach is saying, if it's not the Reese show, then you see Chilwell lighting it up. Like, in this game, Reese didn't assist or score, but then Chilwell assisted. And the last time around, assist. it was... Who did he yeah, assist he did. today? The Rudiger the corner. That was Chilwell. Oh, that was no. Chilwell. What am I saying? I'm no, sorry. He, had, he, he had an assist. Who did, did he assist? Did Reese oh, have an Golo. assist? He, oh, yeah, he yeah. He assisted oh, in yeah. technically yeah. assisted in Golo. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget that that counts as an assist. <laughs> but, yeah, like, one or, one or the other is gonna, has been putting their name as man of the match in recent form. So, again... Other clubs may have one guy that's completely on fire, but we have both sides of the pitch that you need to worry about. So fucking amazing, guys. It's as as a fullback guy, wingback guy. Oh man, I am in love with these two. I am so happy we we made that purchase from Leicester. That was that was such a good buy for us. Um, ben, we're talking about Ben Cholo, of course, um, and N'Golo Conte. And not Danny Drinkwater. <laughs> so I'm just going through the Leicester purchases. Um, so you guys know what we're going to talk about next. We were saving this for last. The return of our cap 10, Christian Pulisic, <laughs> back on the score sheet. Scored our third goal off the bench while playing a false nine, which I think is going to be probably his position moving forward. I think he's a striker, guys. Whoa. I think he's a striker. I really do. He has a nose for the goal. He needs to be central. Uh, he, 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 got, he linked up with Ziyech really well, gave us that fresh look and attack when he came on. Uh, both of them, honestly. Ziyech had a pretty decent showing, uh, but it was just so funny, that assist, because... He's coming down, he's coming down on the right side. And I'm just like waiting for the cutback, waiting for the cutback. And there it is. And then, uh, but Pulisic making that perfectly timed run. He really just has the nose for a goal. Um, two goals and three Premier League uh, appearances for Pulisic. Uh, also scored during the international break against Mexico. Huge goal against Mexico. Um, we got a question from Black Emoji. What does Pulisic returning to his best mean for the lineup slash team in general? Andres, mm. what do you think? Goals. It means yep. goals. Um, after the Mexico game, I tweeted that 
Uh, Pulisic has no regard for his body as long as it means getting a goal. And I honestly want you guys to go back and look up all his highlights for goals for Chelsea. And I think more often than not, he ends up on the ground before Mm -hmm. the ball ends up in the back of the net. And sure, some people may think like, oh, that's why he's going to get himself injured. I'll disagree there. I just think the guy is really good at making runs inside the box. I think he's willing to dribble himself into an area where he can score from and he'll make the runs off the ball as well. Uh, Something I noticed in this match is, for example, Cho would beat players and he would try to do the Arjun Robin thing where he would cut it inside, fake shot, fake shot, and then eventually shoot. But then he doesn't have the finishing touch. Same thing with Ziyech. Ziyech is going to move to his uh, left foot, stay outside the box and try to curl it in. We rarely get the guy that's willing to put his head down, dribble into the box and then shoot. And I think Pulisic can do that here. He scored making a run inside the box. Again, it's great to have playmakers in the front three, but without Lukaku on the lineup, we need people to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think that's what Pulisic brings to the table. Yeah, he definitely has an eye for goal and he, and he scores big goals. I think that's, that's the important thing. Um, as a player, I, I I think he's growing. Granted, he's not really playing much. The thing is, every time he comes back, he gets himself back into the team and he gets those performances. I, Andres, you, you nailed it. I, the end product is crucial. And I think that's what he's going to bring to the table for us. Um, you know, we talk about not relying on Lukaku when he was in. And then when he got injured, we started relying on our defenders. And now um, we can start to rely on other players. And, and, and I think Pulisic's going to be at the front of that. Um, it was really important for him to get his goal. I think not only for him, but for Tuchel to see it as well, just to kind of see what what type of shape he's in and mindset he's in. Um, just really well taken, well-timed run. Obviously, Ziyech did play well in this game, like you said, Sam. But overall, I think it's a I think it's a huge plus for us because we we know Mason Mount's getting into the team. We know Lukaku's going to be starting up top when he's healthy. Um, the question is who who plays off of the left? You know, we tried the Timo experiment. Um, you know, Pulisic really hasn't been healthy enough there. We tried the Cho experiment. It's looked okay so far. But That's I think good. Pulisic's the one player that we can kind of maximize the production out of if we play in that left in, in, on that left side in that front three. So it'll be a, it'll be a huge bonus for us. And Sam, to to your point about him, you know, possibly being a nine, I, I wouldn't even mind seeing him play up top with Lukaku if we ever play, you know, that three five two, because I'm sure we're gonna see that again at some point. Dude, I I always forget that we even have Lukaku. <laughs> I honestly forget because I mean it, it's it's just been so long since he's played, um, and when he was playing, he he was on a little bit of a goal drought his last couple matches, so. I'll caveat. Think... I'll caveat my Pulisic uh, at at center forward uh, for until Lukaku comes back. But like you said, Zach, it would be interesting to see both of them together as a like a striker pairing. I think Lukaku comes back and just fucks everyone up. <laughs> I hope so. He is not happy about his goal drought. I ju- I just think he comes back on on an absolute tear. And I just want to add, like I know I think Sam mentioned like who plays on the left and we mentioned real quick that Cho's been playing well and again visually speaking yes Cho's been playing great but I I just pulled it up in the last five matches which included 90 minutes against Southampton 88 against Newcastle 74 against Malmo 85 versus Burnley now 90 against Liverpool or Leicester he only got one assist in those matches nothing else and all those matches outside of the the Burnley was like complete domination for Chelsea. And, and again, you need to make like dribbles don't matter. Like fancy dribbles. I'm sorry. Don't matter if they don't end up anywhere. Like kids these days get obsessed with like, Oh my God, I got like three megs and blah, 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 blah. Like, I think this is the part of the, of his game that needs to improve. And then on the flip side, I think this is the part of Pulisic's game that people love to see. Like when Pulisic doesn't try to do all the fancy dribbles, he gets himself the goals. And, and so Cho needs to take that next step still. And hopefully seeing what Pulisic just did will inspire him to do so. Because again, 
Lukaku's hurt. We don't know when he's back. We don't count on Timo for scoring. Recently, you can't count on Kai to do much. So somebody needs to score. And if Cho wants to keep starting the way he has to, he has to score in one of the next two games. Does he need to score? You think he needs to I think score? Because, so. I mean... I, I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, Mason Mount, you're asking him to do a lot more other things. So you pat, you let Mason Mount pass on the goal scoring or the goal assisting because he's, like Zach said, he's pressing, he's defending, he's trailing back, etc. So in the way we set up in this 3-4-3, your striker and the non-Mason Mount winger slash outside 10 has to be producing. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. But it's no, not that, like it's that, not like Cho is exactly my logic. But it's not like Cho isn't creating chances. You know, and like in these matches that you, you pulled up, you know, the seven seven nil win against Norwich where he did have an assist. Then one goal against Southampton, three goals against Newcastle, and then one goal against Malmo, one goal against Burnley. Um you know, it's not like we were putting him putting a bunch of goals away and he wasn't, you know, assisting them. We weren't we weren't finishing. And I think he's but important. Neither was I he. Yeah, I, I agree, that, but I don't think point. that he needs. He's never been a goal scoring. I think I think the more important thing is that he creates chances for others. At the youth level, he was breaking records left, right, and center. Uh, I mean, I sure. and that's the thing. It's like this is the expectation with him is. He's supposed to be this transcendent player to, dare I say it, replace Hazard. Like, that was the whole idea here, was we have somebody that we can play off of the left-hand side for the next 10-plus years. And he, he's gotten his run. I think he's done well. I think it's a little harsh to say, like, I, I think it's harsh to say he hasn't. But I also think it's fair to say that he could have done more. And, you know, and again, in this I'm, game, I'm he could have had a goal, and, and he decided to blaze it over the bar when he cut on when he cut that, on his inside. That's the point I'm trying to make. Like we say, he's created chances, but we've also had chances that he should have ended up in the back of the net. Like I'll use the Mason Greenwood as an example. Like he's 20, whatever, but when he shoots, you're like, oh, he's gonna score. And and Cho can be seven yards from the goal, and I feel like he might miss hit it. Yeah, but don't you feel that way about most players on Chelsea right now that aren't defenders? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So that's so my, point. my point. Then my point's this: he had five, six matches where everybody was hurt to own the spot, and here comes Pulisic in twenty minutes and scores, and yeah. also assists Cho for a tap in, but he was offside. Yeah. Like, that, that that's the thing I'm trying to say. Like he didn't stake his his spot as his own. Exactly. Right? Like and and his time is running out to do so because Timo made the bench this time around, and and Lukaku's coming. So again, the offensive players are getting healthy. So I'm what I'm saying is like, Cho needs to just give me like the the concrete numbers because I know that without them he's gonna lose his spot. What what numbers would be satisfactory at the end of the season for someone like Cho? I mean, are we going like five goals, five assists in the league? I mean, I think I'm, for me well, as, even, a, as someone I'm, that's coming off the bench, if he could contribute the ten goals off the bench, that's doing more than enough. Right, but his goal is not to play off the bench, and that's the point I'm getting at. Like I think in the next three matches, since there's not going to be international breaks and people are getting healthier, I think Cho needs to be getting at minimum an assist. These Minimum. are the most important matches of this little stretch for him. Yeah, because again, Werner made the bench. Lukaku is dying to play again. I don't think Lukaku will play Champions League uh, this midweek. So maybe Cho gets the chance there again. But but that's what I'm saying is like we have again the team obviously is on fire. Still the best team in in England. Best form. We're winning. We're dominating. But the battle within within positions is only going to get harder. And when everybody's playing so well, you have to maintain a high um, performance level and you can't get complacent. So that's, that's just what I'm getting at. I, I want Cho to, to not be satisfied with the minutes, but do something concrete with the minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, back to Pulisic. Um, Actually, Zach, is there something you want to say? No, 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 go for it. 
Okay, so yeah, I wanted you to talk because my roommate's running the uh, the blunder. I don't know if you could hear that, but <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> um, but um, we got another question about Pulisic. This one's from Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. He asks, as good as the link up between Pulisic and Ziyech was today, would you play them more together? What do you think, Maybe. Zach? Maybe. I mean, it, it looked better from Ziyech. I think uh, I think Ziyech's role is going to be pretty much reduced to just like an impact player from here on out, um, as long as, you know, other guys can stay healthy. I think Cho has played his way ahead of him. Um, I'm more interested to see Pulisic and Lukaku, personally. We only saw them one match <laughs> this season. So, like, that's, that's the pairing that I really, really want to see together, because, you know, it, it looked good in the early days, and I mean, they don't they don't they don't have much time together already, so or haven't yeah. had much time together already. So they really need to start festering that you know relationship with each other to see if it can blossom into something uh, insanely amazing for us. So I think it will, but um, yeah, for, for, in terms of the Ziak thing, I, I I think he's just an impact player. I, I don't expect him to be starting. You know, I I think for Ziyech benefit, you want. Pulisic on the other side because we know mm-hmm. Ziyech is trying to spam crosses and put the ball into the box and so mm-hmm. you can basically count for an extra man in the box if Pulisic is the other winger alongside a striker so yeah they they, they mutually benefit from it Ziyech likes to stay out of the box Pulisic likes to go into it so again they're not going to take up the same similar spaces uh, as the other uh, now do I start both of them I don't know uh, but sure, if Pulisic is on the field, bring on Ziyech to be the the kind of what do you what do you call that? Like the peanut butter to the jelly? I don't know. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, especially if Pulisic is playing centrally. If he's playing on the left, I don't see necessarily how the two link up together. Oh, those seventy much. yard diagonals don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> They do, unfortunately. Um, all right, next question. And this one's an easy one for me, personally. Um, this one's from Trail Wolf. He asks, what do you like better, Kai or Pooley as a center fielder? I mean, center forward. Center fielder. <laughs> I'm thinking baseball. Uh, yeah, Pulisic, he's American. He knows what baseball is. Done. Next <laughs> exactly. question. Yeah. Kai Havertz doesn't know how to play center field. Play center field. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I, absolutely for me, Christian Pulisic on center forward. Without a doubt. I'm still going to go with Kai. No, um, Zach. But, but Where do you I, live, Zach? Do you live in America? I, I, I prefer <laughs> I, I'd prefer if Pulisic played off of a center forward as opposed to being that center forward. Um, but look, th- th- that's not to say that I don't think he can play there and I don't think he can be productive. I think he could. He made an impact in this game, but also let's not forget him and Ziyech did come on when Leicester were chasing the game and chasing goals and throwing men forward. So there was a lot of space for both of them to work with. So we do have to kind of take that performance with that in mind, but that's not taking anything away from him. You know, he still went out there and and, then played the team that was in front of him and did well. So if he starts as a center forward, I'm not going to be bitching and moaning about it, but I think he just plays better off of somebody. You know, if Lukaku's out and, and you know, Kai's starting up top, I think Pulisic will be a bit more impactful playing off of him as opposed to just being alone up there. Because now you're asking him to expand his game in a way that he's not necessarily used to, playing with his back to goal, holding up play, you know, fighting off center backs. Those are things that he can do, but he's not best at. Um, so... And yeah, Kai Havertz that's... does that? I mean, Kai Havertz is so soft, and Pulisic actually is a fucking brute. Like, <laughs> he does not care about putting his body on the line, bro. As Andreas, as Andreas says, shit about your boy. runs, runs Listen, through a fucking wall. Yeah, he does. But, again, you're asking – the question is, is, is asking about the out-of-form player versus the in-form player. Like, there's more to it, like in form, he's had two games. Like yeah. these two, two games have been better. I know, but that's those two. Form. I know that's more than than Kai Havertz has done this whole fucking season. 
I get that. I get that. But like Zach mentioned it for one, ask Pulisic to do that for 90 minutes. Like I'm not a fan of playing non strikers at striker for one. Like I don't like that. Kai included. Like I, I don't, I rather not be that way, but like Pulisic benefited from the fact that th- two of the three center backs had yellow cards for a full half. And so did Schmeichel. So, like, those big old physical guys couldn't be physical on Pulisic without risking a red card. Like, that, that is situational. So, Pulisic, who is an agile dribbler, wasn't getting his ass put on the ground because those guys couldn't get reds. I think that's something important to note. Like, Pulisic is still, like, again, if we go 3-5-2, sure, next to Lukaku, one guy's the speedy one, one guy's the physical one, Pulisic can succeed there. You ask Pulisic to be the completely the center focus as the front three for full 90, I don't think we get the same level of performance. You want him isolated on the left to, to dribble. You want him drifting in late in the back post. Like That's how he scored against Mexico, too. He's, he wasn't the striker. He snuck in from the back post. Like, Yeah, I, I think the question is obviously, like, the, the answer between the two right now is Pulisic, who's in form. Kai hasn't done crap in the past month and a half. But if you're asking me, I want Pulisic on the left side. Like, that's it. I don't. I, you can put Timo Werner at striker for all I care. Give me Pulisic on the left. The question was Kai or Pulisic. Who do and you I, like and better? I, and I just gave you the the answer. Like right now, I'm gonna give you Pulisic because he's on fire. I don't like if you give me a Kai in form. Kai is better at facilitating for the wingers than what I think Pulisic could do in a full 90 minutes. Show me a Kai in form first, and then we'll talk. I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. Kai I'm, at I'm rooting, forward, seven I'm goals rooting for him. Norwich. I'm rooting for him. I want it to happen. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk. Let's get into the contract updates. We already spoke about Rudy's uh, situation. We've talked about it week after week. Um, Andreas Christensen's extension is imminent and, Again, I thought that this had happened like four different points this season <laughs> that it was confirmed. Um, Tuchel's confident it will get across the line. Um, Thiago Silva wants to extend another year, and the board and Tuchel both want the same. Looks highly like he'll remain at the bridge another season. Um, we spoke about Christensen's deal last week, but the Thiago news, is, it's, it's, it's fresh. Uh, you know, we're speaking about a, a 25-year-old versus a – how old is Thiago Silva? 37? 38, 38 years old now. Yeah, he just turned yeah. 38. It's it's incredible <laughs> that, that these two are, uh, you know, the two people we're talking about, a 25-year-old versus a 37-year-old, 38-year-old, both <laughs> no, in the no, same he'll, situation. He'll be 38 next year. I'm sorry. He's 37 yeah. still. Uh-huh. Um, so thoughts on – I mean, I for me – the Tiago news, it's no surprise that both parties want another year because he's just playing on he's he's still playing on you know, top of his game. He's still a world class center back when every time he's out there, it's just another layer of comfort for everyone else on the pitch. He plays calm and relaxed, he knows what he's doing, he's been there, done that. Um, gives comfort to uh Edward Mendy, aka Benjamin Mendy, to some uh, news outlets out there can't distinguish the difference between those two, fucking idiots. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, any other thoughts about this Thiago Silva stuff? I think the most important thing is that his wife on Instagram confirmed that they're looking to be in London for at least a couple more years. Woo! What's her name happy again? Wife. Bella? Happy no? wife, happy life, dude. Happy What's wife, her name happy Bella? life. Yeah, Bella. Bella's, she is a blue through and through. I love her. Yeah, she's awesome. This is a... Uh, it's good news for us. I, he's shown no, sli- no signs of <laughs> slowing down or... No signs of weakness. West Brom's not in the Premier League anymore, so we don't have to worry about him playing against West Brom. Um, that's the only bad match he had for us. He's been he's been exceptional. I think I read something about the Leicester match. Um, he, he he literally didn't put a foot wrong. He didn't even get dribbled past. Um, just 
freak performance at 37. It's we're blessed. I think like it's such a outdated thing now to say that like players are done after 34 because you know nutritional health has gone so much further and mm-hmm. and athletes take their career just they reinvest such a high percentage of their salary on their own health now that like I think that's a very outdated reason to not re-sign and and Thiago Silva's willing to sign these one-year extensions like he knows he's in a good place he knows he's um thought of a, in a high regard where he is right now so yeah I mean he knows he can go and, and ride off into the sunset to Brazil whenever he wants and it, and it doesn't have to be next year Speaking of Brazil, did you guys see uh, that video of the Flamenco fans? Uh, like, you know, every every time they, you know, go on an away trip, um, you know, they, they do, like, the aeroporto thing where, like, they, they, like, you know, go around the bus and, like, they basically, like, chauffeur it to the, the station or into the airport. Um, mm-hmm. Some fans, like, broke the emergency exit on the roof. And the video is so funny. There's, like, players recording it. And, like, they're sticking their heads through the window and just screaming at them, like, giving them thumbs up. Like, come on, you're good. You got this. Because they have, like, a three-match trip, like, including, like, a, a, a Copa Libertadores match or something. But <laughs> those guys are nuts. I can't even imagine Tiago Silva there. Um, the 37, 38-year-old Tiago Silva in Brazil. He doesn't. He doesn't belong there. He belongs in London. Um, all right, we got one more Twitter question. This one's from Huey98758. Something very special is happening with this group of players and this manager. Just getting better and better. No real question here. Just how good can we be? I mean, we saw it last year, champions of Europe. This year, we're on pace to being champions of England. Can we repeat Champions of Europe again? Of course. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll talk about the Juve match in a little bit. This, that's going to be very key in determining whether we will be Champions of Europe. But, like, right now, we're on top of the world. It's 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 been, you know, we look like the best club in England. We look like probably the best club in the world. Um, there is There is comparison. It's not like, you know set in stone that we're the best right now but just how good can we be i think we're we're looking at it we're right now we're playing in phenomenal form and once we get lukaku back once we can get some more goals it's gonna be scary guys i think i think the question is how much better can we get and you just answered it we still don't have lukaku pulisic's coming back obviously Werner made the bench last match Cho's been getting better. Ziyech has been looking a little bit better, at least for one match. All the way around, it only looks like we're going to get better from here. Um, so, yeah, just how good could we be? We really don't know. I think I think this team could be one of the best Chelsea teams in the Abramovich era, if they're not already. Um, that's how good I think we could be. Yeah, I... I... I have never been this excited at this point this season because usually November has been a uh, kind of a reality check for Chelsea teams that start off hot. Uh, So, I mean, just when you think, oh, this might be the speed bump or, you know, this is going to be where we mess up, the, the performances keep getting better. People are coming back healthy. The, the players that needed to perform start performing again. It's just crazy. It, how much better can we get? I, I don't know. We have a guy who's playing, I believe he's got now the second most minutes in the back three in Trevo Chaloba, and he's never played in the Premier League. Like <laughs> Little things like that are just so astonishing, and credit to the manager and credit to the players for buying into it, but I, I don't know if we can be this much better. Like, the numbers for this Chelsea team are ridiculous. I think we have the best. Uh, I think we have just the second most goals. And we have by far the least goals conceded. 
Yeah. So it's just incredible stuff. And can we also just all agree that when Thomas Tuchel came in, we did not expect this kind of turnaround and this kind of performance. I 100% did not believe it at all. I, I wasn't expecting the defensive solidarity that we have. Like, the way he's brought that back line together, the way he's organized them, because that was a huge criticism of Frank was we sort of lost it defensively and we were conceding stupid goals to shitty teams. And Tuchel's come in and he said, we're going to, I'm going to make this team extremely difficult to play against. And that starts from the back, you know, brought in a new keeper back line, tidied that up, put a system in place to where we just can't concede goals. Even if, <laughs> even if we try, it's, that's the thing I didn't expect. I thought he was going to come in and sort of play this progressive style of football that, you know, we really haven't seen before. But instead, he kind of dialed the clock back and brought us back to our roots, gave us a defensive spine. Um, and we can always build from that. I mean, that's that's where we've gotten all of our success from. So, and I mean, I, go ahead, Sam. I was just going to say, the reason why I'm asking that is because, like, earlier there were reports about um, – united being interested in lauren lauren blanc and i was just thinking about like his time at psg and you know i was thinking in my head i was like I mean, he didn't really do shit with psg like he's not mm -hmm. he's not gonna be good for united and then i was like wait a second but united like, get him yeah and then i was like thinking like wait a second like that's kind of like the same way i i thought about tuchel I know he brought him to the, the the finals of the Champions League, but still, like, like is Laurent Blanc like another Thomas Tuchel possibility? No, definitely well, he, not. He ha but he also hasn't been managing recently too, so that's that's something we should take into account. I think I think he's uh, in Saudi Arabia. Oh, is he? Well, that doesn't count. So. Uh, so, uh, yeah, because the last time the last time United got a manager from a lower European slash, I guess Saudi Arabia being Asian league, it worked out so well with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> Sorry, he's right. in Qatar. He's in Qatar. Mama legend. Guitar no, star leagues, all Ryan. Mm. So I I definitely did not expect the turnaround to be this quick. I. I did not think we would go for one. I did not think we would immediately win champions league. And number two, I did not think we would be top of the table going into um, Thanksgiving. I thought, okay, a new manager comes in back to trying to get top four, like regardless who was in the squad, it was going to be a new system, new philosophy in terms of what I thought of Tuchel. I, I wanted Tuchel when Sari got hired. So I, I've been saying that he's a good manager. I've been thinking that. And and the thing with PSG, man, like nobody – I think that team is, is cursed with bad karma. Like I don't think PSG with the team they have now is going to win Champions League. Like I don't I – don't We've seen it time and time again in football. You could be too glamorous to win. It doesn't matter who like you have on your team. In Real Madrid, like I think yeah. – Tuchel, like the thing with with what Tuchel did at PSG, like okay, PSG is going to walk through that league regardless. But when you have to manage, when your job becomes managing egos and not managing tactics and performances, like it, it, it's a little different. It's a um, different job, on, right? Managing yeah. entourages, you have to manage all of Neymar's people. Not not just yeah. Neymar. I mean, in the past year, Mbappe has gone from rising star who just kind of puts his like like Derek Rose in basketball like where the guy doesn't talk and he just lets his playing do the talking to like talking more than playing like yeah a lot has changed in that the buildup of that team you add now Messi Sergio Ramos like it's only going to get harder for that team but in terms of did I expect this no I did not expect to be top of the table after firing Frank mid-season last year all right looking ahead uh next match Midweek matchup against Juve. Um, is that home or away? Do you guys know? Home. Home, home match against Juventus. Um, oh, yeah, it says home tie. Sorry. Um, Juventus not look good uh, in recent matches. Only two wins in their last five Serie A matches. Um, they're they did win their last two, but uh, 
that was a 2-0 win against Lazio where they needed two Benucci pens in order to win uh, and then a 1-0 win against Fiorentina last week uh, needing a red card and a last minute winner uh, to barely get out so um, good news for us they've been in bad form bad news for us they were also in bad form <laughs> the first time say. we played and yep. they pulled out a sneaky 1-0 win against us um, very sneaky uh, just going through the injuries, uh, Bernadeschi, he's out. Delict is out as well. Dybala will be returning and is available. Um, first time around, we saw a Juve side that seemed battered. You know, they took three points off of us thanks to that. Uh, who scored? Those are the first, like, minutes. He has on, like, the Fucking first minute of the second half. Just while we were asleep, like, and they just parked the, the war bus. on religion, dude. Yep, yeah. the church, right? That's what Chiesa means. Church? Yeah, Chiesa yeah. means church. <laughs> that was a Listen, funny. One, that was a funny week. <laughs> one thing, one thing that I think, like we know that we talk about, like yeah, Juve wasn't playing well then. Neither, honestly, neither were we. We we had to go into pens to beat Aston Villa. We lost to Man City in a match where like it wasn't the best match, and I think. After this match is when the whole inverted wingbacks thing started happening. Yeah, little adjustments. I mean, they're they're gonna have to kind of figure out a way to cope with that because that's something that they didn't see the first time around. I I can't remember. Did Chilwell start the first game or was it Alonso? Probably Alonso. And, and that's I, another thing. I mean, it was Alonso. We'll, We'll be able to stifle them that much more defensively, but also, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll still have that. that Alonzo, Alonzo, and Aspie were the wingbacks. Reese James mm. was hurt for that match. That's oh. a big, big, yeah. That's it's a, over. That's it's a good over. Point. Yeah. <laughs> um, no chance. I mean, I feel I, I feel pretty good about it. I think if we could come out with a similar energy mentality that we came out to against Leicester it'll be huge the more important thing is like the whole week we have ahead we got united at the weekend too so that just makes this match that much more important we want to go into that match with with our confidence riding high because I mean I'm expecting united to to come out and you know play with some pride next weekend so it could be potentially be tricky it's the beginning of a long stretch of hard not because of the opposition, but because we're playing two matches a week until the mm-hmm. new year. Um, so this to, is the beginning to, of it. If we can, right. if we can get a good start, that's it. You know, and, and not just that. Like we have to remember that we lose Edward Mendy after Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. So we need to continue this streak. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else to say. We just need to keep it going as long as possible because. The reality of it is, for the next four weeks, the boys are going to play eight to ten matches. And, I, I mean, realistically speaking, we won't come out with an eight with eight more wins on the bounce. So, yeah. to make sure that we can get the, the Juventus result and at least fight to get that first, the top seed, going into the knockout stage... It, it would be huge. Uh, with that being said, I think I think we flipped the score on them and we beat them one nil. I'm I'm inspired by this last week's performance, and I'm gonna I'm gonna copy that same result. I think we get a three nil win against this battered Juve side. Nice. Oof, I was I'm gonna go right between to you guys. I think it's two nil. Oh, so we got clean sheets on deck. Confident yeah. about our defense. That's always a good thing. If we could, if we could stay alert, that first minute of the second half, I think we <laughs> hold we hold them off for sure. And, and yeah. again, that that game against Juventus was the worst performance uh, finishing wise right. I've ever seen. So it's it's still a side with big players who are capable of big performances. So I'm. I would be wary, but I'm still I'm confident, man. I think I think we could pull it out. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're listening still at this point, make sure you're following us uh, on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod. We've also gotten a few emails, which has been great. 
Uh, we love getting those in and reading them out on the show. If you want to reach out, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Um, until then, uh, we just kind of wait until the Juve match and uh, look out for our podcast that we'll be recording post-match where we'll be looking uh, to give our review and uh, looking ahead to Manchester United. Until then, keep the blue flag flying high.